0: Welcome to Preaching for the Long Haul, a podcast where we hope to shape a vision for preaching for a lifetime. My name is Solomon Mochipel.
1: And I'm Jake Bauer, and we'll be your
0: hosts. And welcome to episode one of Preaching for the Long Haul. Um, This is a podcast with with Jake and I, and a podcast where Jake and I want to just come and talk about preaching. Um, We're both two students who have gone through the preaching program at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And we've both um, had a place, a calling to preach on our lives, affirmed by our local churches, affirmed by our professors, affirmed by um, those around us. And we just wanted to create a place where we can have conversations about preaching together and wanting to create this platform to have other people come and join join us in these conversations and hoping that it's fruitful as we shape this vision for preaching um, for the rest of our lives and hopefully for the rest of the lives of those who would want to join us in these conversations. Um, And to start off, um, we just wanted for this first episode just to be a conversation between Jake and I where um, we get to share a little bit about ourselves and um, why we love preaching and who we are and God's calling on our lives. Um, And so Jake, um, one of the first things that I think would be cool to share with our listeners is a little bit about your testimony, your, your coming to faith and eventually into your um, your feeling called to preach.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I love talking testimonies and hearing people's testimonies, so it's actually an honor to share mine a little bit today as well. I grew up in the church. Um, my family went to church every Sunday, and man, that, that's a grace of God right there, even to just be able to say that grew up and as a churched individual hearing preaching on the Sundays and when did you grow up I grew up in Florida, Gainesville, Florida,
0: oh, I actually forget that,
1: yeah man, yeah, because i'm a I'm a colorado Colorado boy right now, I've been there since sixth grade, but till then I was in Florida <laughs> ashamedly. I, I was
0: I was waiting for you to say Colorado, <laughs> oh no,
1: yeah, no, I'm a Floridian by blood i that's one of my deepest shames in life, but no, it's not. I love you Florida people out there too, um, yeah, so I grew up in the church and in my experience growing up was somewhat nominal, I would say, as well. Um, It's a blessing to have grown up in the church. My parents both, um, well, one of my parents grew up in the church as well, but kind of got more into the faith later in life. And my mom was not a, uh, a believer until way later in life as well. So for them, going to the church and, and having me go to the church, my my whole family and I kind of went to church, but didn't necessarily talk about the faith in the home all that much. Um, so a little bit more nominal. And especially for me at this church in, in Florida, we were not very, uh, there was no kids ministry focus whatsoever. So for me, church was going in to uh, the big service and being bored and not really uh, knowing what was going on, not having anyone speak to me personally about um, the importance of the gospel for my life. And it, it didn't feel as much of a reinvigorating, beautiful thing to be at church as much as it felt kind of like some uh, the place where you wanted to get away from as a kid, where you dreaded going on the Sunday morning. Yeah. So um, all I have to say, God did minister to me through that church. I got baptized when I was eight or nine something like that wow. yeah I ought to look relook at that certificate and find that out but <laughs> um I got baptized when I was young and uh really really professed my my faith in Christ um moved to Colorado got invested in a church there and that's where my faith just started really growing that's that's where I really came to know uh what it meant to be a disciple of Christ and and I I, I think I I believed far before that but I I also think um just, I, I got some seriously good discipleship at that church where I had guys coming in and talking to me about what it meant to follow Jesus and what it meant to love the scriptures, what it meant yeah. to study them in your own time, what it meant to, to sit with the Lord in the mornings and to hear preaching and to um, live your life in a way that actually accords with what the message of the scriptures is. Well, um, and, yeah, all through one-on-ones with people who just I respected, people I looked yeah. up to. Yeah, um, This is a youth group. This is a youth group. This is a youth group, yep. A few guys, Mark Luby, Seth Dunham, just some of the names of men who have really, really changed my life, um and, and made me love the the scriptures and the God of the Scriptures. Um so yeah, that that's kind of a little bit about my own story in growing up and um obviously had my had my own fair of ups and downs throughout high school of just, you know, being a being rebellious or, or even times where I, my relationship with the Lord um, was, was wavering, but he's he's held me fast and really has sustained me um, up to the point where in in my high school, I started volunteering for student ministry, started leading middle schoolers, and I fell in love with it. This was the end of my freshman year before my sophomore year. I fell in love with doing middle school ministry. I just had a group of guys who I got to hang out with, have a good time with, and lead in a small group. And those were some of the most foundational times in my life as far as ministry goes of just experiencing what it is to see kids grasp um, bigger theological truths, see kids come to know Christ, and really want to devote their lives to it. Um, See young faith. It it is so inspiring to me to see people come to God and grow in their relationships to God. Um,
0: And to have a hand in that.
1: Yeah, and have it exactly. Just even seeing the the powerful work of Christ in in students' lives was something that invigorated me beyond beyond anything else. So, decided I was going to do ministry for the rest of my life to some capacity, but felt a really authentic call to ministry in my senior year of high school, where the Lord really convicted my heart to pursue full time ministry, yeah. uh, which is the route I'm I'm ultimately going on is to go into pastoral ministry in particular, but. Um yeah we're as far as regards to uh experience with preaching personally mm-hmm. um i I got into preaching in in high school as well. I think I had my first opportunity to legitimately preach my sophomore year of high school Wow. um and I could tell you the the first time I actually preached the text and preached through the scriptures um i I realized that this was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life as well. Wow. That was your sophomore year in high school? That was my sophomore year of high school, wow. and I had another man who's influenced my life greatly, Chris Barnes, came up to me after it and um, talked to me and said, um, i like you to keep doing this. I-, I think God's got a hand on your life in this area, wow. and um, and and there's something that you should pursue about this task. And that was—the rest is history from there. It just got— tons of opportunities to preach in high school through my church, which was an amazing blessing to have yeah. a church that would give me those opportunities as a student who was growing. It yeah. said so many bad things from stage oh, yeah. in high school. Just You look back on your old sermons and you're like, man, I can't believe they let me preach yeah. that. Um, but truly, truly fell in love with the task of preaching, felt affirmation from, from my church in particular to pursue preaching, which was really important to me to know that it wasn't just um, – abstracted from the church. And, yeah, even in my time at Moody, I have just fallen more and more in love with it. So that's that's a little bit about my testimony, my my call to preach. And I feel severely a, a, a strict call to preach, um, to pastor and preach. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about your testimony, your call to preach, your experience yeah. with preaching, Solomon. Yeah.
0: No, thanks so much, Jake. And, I mean, it's so interesting how the call to ministry for you is so tied to... I mean, pastoral ministry and preaching. Um, and I share that sentiment, but I'll, I'll get there um, in my hmm. my sharing. But yeah, I mean, very similarly, I mean, uh, grew up in the church. I mean, I was born born and raised in Minnesota. Um, first generation, no, not first generation, first person in my immediate family to be born in America. Uh, my grandparents and my parents um, were uh, Hmong refugees who moved over to America in the in the late 70s uh, after the Vietnam War. So grew up in a small little Hmong um, ethnic church and where, I mean, we want to talk about, um, like, lack of, like, you know, just being <laughs> bored as a little kid. Just like, yeah, just like be- going to church and church was long. Like, church was just long. I bet it was. <laughs> um, and, and primarily being in Hmong in a language I like, didn't really understand that much. Um, but I knew that I, like, liked my friends at church and that I like learned the stories of of the Bible in Sunday school class by faithful I mean at this like looking back just high schoolers just volunteers who I mean we had very little I mean in the Hmong church there's very very little like formal theological biblical training and so just like being faithful to pass on like what you know to these little kids and so I'm so so grateful for for those things but um so although I professed faith um as a kid growing up um I grew up in a in I mean we were also I don't know if to say if it was nominal or to say that it, we were just really struggling but uh my parents really struggled a lot in their marriage and I think that like really limited the ways that they were able to kind of exemplify faith to us as kids um and so faith kind of um just meant that I went to church and um that I prayed before I went to bed and before I ate um but kind of just did whatever really I wanted to. Um, And then in high school, had a really... My freshman year in high school, just really rebelled. Uh, No, freshman, sophomore year was the year where I just really rebelled um, against the Lord and against the church and against my my parents and my family and just, like, went down this route where um, I, like, snuck out of the home and was just going out with my friends, doing whatever the heck I wanted to do. Um, And after after a really hard year... um, Of finding that I just felt really empty and really dry and kind of skipping out on church community for a really long time and not um, ever praying or going to the Lord. Just like felt myself so empty and ran to the Lord and gave my gave my heart over to him and and just remember being like Jesus. If if you're the thing that I need, if you're the thing that I've been missing, like I'm in. Um, And so so I'm going to give you 100 percent because I knew I never gave 100 percent before um to Jesus. And so and that immediately the Lord just sort of really gripped my heart and I started to I was like, well what 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 would a like a faithful Christian person do? And yeah. like, I just remember uh being like, well I guess I should listen to preaching. Um <laughs> and so I just remember pulling up Francis Chan on my YouTube and being so convicted and um just remember um like feeling like I was hearing things about God for the first time in my life and just being like, Why haven't why hasn't anybody told me these things? Um and just like having like that come to Jesus moment where I like started reading the Bible for my like like for myself for the first time and started reading Christian books um, and started listening to preaching. Um and almost immediately talked to my youth pastor and was like, Hey like I want to like help serve our youth group. Um so started serving in in church and almost like during that time as well, like felt this like initial draw to pastoral ministry um, that I really wrestled with for um, my junior year in high school and talked to my mentor and talked to my youth pastor. And um, after a year of really just doing ministry and falling in love with leading small groups and discipling guys and meeting one-on-one with them and sharing the gospel and how it addresses our issues and looking at the Bible and looking how it actually applies to us, um i mean i just remember being blown away being like we like we need this like yeah um and was like i i just even though accepting into pastoral ministry scared the heck out of me i i came to a point where i was like i mean how could i do anything else though Um like this this is what i want to do for the rest of my life um and so i remember my senior year in high school like my final submission to the call to ministry to be like okay lord like Fine, like I feel like you're calling me to be a pastor. I've been talking with my mentor about it all year and he's like affirm these things in me. Um like just tell me where to go and give me a Bible and I'll preach. And I just remember that was like my in my internally that was my submission to the call to pastoral ministry: was like just give me a Bible and tell me where to go and I'll preach. And so so much of my calling to pastoral ministry was also so tied to to the preaching of God's word. Amazing. Um which, I mean, yeah, so is even cool in, in hearing your story and the how um, so much of our call to ministry um, is, is preaching. And, and I think we wrestle with that because we don't want to just come off and be like, well, all we do as pastors is preach. Right. Um, but also creating room to be like, okay, like how do we wrestle in our calling to serve the local church as pastors? Um, how do we faithfully handle the word of God as, as preachers and pastors? Um, and that's why me and Jake want to do this. We, we love, um, we love the local church. Um, we love the churches that we were raised in. Um, and we love the Bible and we love the task of preaching. Um, and we want to grow in that, um, to, to shape the rest of our ministry and to how to do, do, do that well. Yeah.
1: Thanks for sharing some of that Solomon. Um, it's good. I'm always refreshed when I hear your story, especially in regard to your own call for preaching. Um, And Solomon and I have both, for the last four years, been experiencing the preaching program at Moody Bible Institute. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had some really amazing experiences in this program. We've both been completely shaped by it in our preaching, in our lives, and in our own walk with the Lord, and even in our friendship, which came out of us both being in this program. So it's got a special place in our hearts as well. Um, But my, my question for you today is, um in what has your experience been like as a student preacher at moody um what 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 did, what did you learn? how has moody changed your preaching? how has it shaped your preaching? yeah, just starting there
0: yeah, yeah, I think moody i mean coming to school to be trained in ministry, I think is always such an interesting experience i mean, I think you'd share that um where we're learning on an academic level how to study the Bible, how to do theology, how to do homiletics. I've never even heard that word before I came to the movie. <laughs> homiletics, and I just and but I just remember um, because I, I mean I don't I don't remember if you, what. If you came in as a preaching major, but I came in as a pastoral major, I just remember coming in and being like, "I'm not going to be one of those college students that's going to change my major. <laughs> I'm like, I know what I want to do. I know what I'm called to do. Like, give it two months. To <laughs> yeah, and I just remember the end of my first semester, um, talking with this RA. It wasn't even my RA. It was Dom Massa, um, and he just had a breakfast. And just listening to my story for the first time and hearing my heart and just like recommended that I join the preaching programme at Moody. Um because not only did I have a heart um for pastoral ministry and counseling and discipleship, but had such a heart to 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 handle God's word, to preach God's word. And so he recommended that I um make the change of my major and to and to learn how to handle well the the word of God. And so I started praying about it and talking with some people and just being like, Yeah, I think this is the move. Um and I mean, I, could not, I mean, could not be more thankful that I, I made that decision. And just um, just learning all these different, I mean, and it's hard, right? I mean, this could be a whole episode in itself talking about the relationship of, of homiletics in the classroom as, a, as an academic discipline. And then what does preaching actually look like in a local church? And then really wrestling with like, man, like how does, what am I learning in the classroom? How does that, how do I bring this back? how do I bring this back to my youth group or yeah. to the church that I grew up in? Um, and like, how do I not lose myself to the Academy? Um, while also like, but loving what I was reading and the things I was writing papers on where, I mean, we're reading like Haddon Robinson and Brian Chapel and all these other people that we've never even heard of um, like Tom Long or Craig Lee, Yeah. And just like all these different people who've been influential in um, the thinking about about preaching and homiletics, where as before I came in and I was like, "I like john Piper <laughs> <laughs> um, and I still love John Piper, and just realizing that there's i mean there 's like it's i think it 's what 's been formative for me, even though i I think in the circles that I would probably identify with in evangel um, like in the church and evangelicalism, um I feel like um yeah i mean I, I think just realizing like oh like I have so much to learn." like I have so much to to read about and so much to think about. And then also even like how much of what I'm learning is even relevant to what I'll be doing in a local church one day. Um, But I mean, I think it's been formative in teaching me, like how do I, how do I actually take a text, a certain scripture and to do the exegesis and and to do the work to understand what's happening there. Um, And then also explicit in being careful to like exegete my audience to know who I'm preaching to and to do good application and to do um, expository preaching. I think that's probably been one of the biggest things at Moody that um, has, if I've been convinced of anything at my time at Moody, it's been, I want to preach the Bible. I want when I preach a sermon for, for people um, to listen to me and walk away knowing what the text was about and to have heard from God and that that's where the authority comes from. Um, and so in that though, there's so much and like learning things about like the new homiletic or like, what is like, what is that? <laughs> or just like all these different theories and people who wouldn't identify as evangelicals that we, that we've been reading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been talking for a long time. I would love to to hear maybe your, some of your experience here at Moody.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about all the different attitude changes that I've had in my time at Moody in regard to preaching. And I think, If you're a preacher listening to this, maybe you can relate. Um, Just how much preaching is a holistic activity, something that requires all of your mind power, all of your thought power, all of your heart, and if your heart's not completely in it, then you feel it, your audience feels it, it changes the entire aroma of the room. And that's been so much the experience at Moody has been a wrestle with pride and with an Mm. issue of, oh, man, how, how do you go in and preach a sermon in front of professors without just your whole goal being to impress, well, to to walk in and say, man, I'm going to convince these people in this room that I'm a good preacher um, versus the the goal of improving in your preaching and, and even going into the room and saying, well, this is the place to improve in preaching. This is the place to make mistakes. Um, but the academic setting is such a setting setting. Of performance sometimes, yeah. and even if when it doesn't try to be, even when your professors don't set it up that way, it tends to be, uh, you know, you're going up there and you're you're preaching, and then you're sitting down and having people ridicule it and critique <laughs> it for the next yeah. thirty minutes. Um,
0: yeah. And and I mean, you're being it's like all technical and you're being graded right and there's like boxes that you need to fill
1: yeah and one of the questions that we'll, we'll certainly talk about later in, in this podcast is the question of what does it even mean to ridicule a sermon like yeah. that 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 doesn't even because we're going in and we're having people grade us on yeah. how we've preached
0: or maybe not ridicule but critique critique yeah, yeah. what does it mean <laughs> yeah. to critique a
1: sermon <laughs> right ridicule is pretty harsh there <laughs> Jake, that was terrible. <laughs> Just absolute, absolute my, ridicule. Mockery. <laughs> no, I think, you know, I think it's even a dynamic itself of what, how do we improve in preaching without losing what preaching is? How do we learn to preach well while realizing that it's completely in God's hands? Right. What, what happens through preaching? Um how, how do you improve in preaching if the goal of preaching is to have god speak cuz yep. you can't you can't improve yes. in god speaking um, so and we'll talk about that later in the episode but or later in later episodes but yep. the reason i bring that up is just to say that preaching at moody has just been in some ways a contribution to my own testimony of of wrestling with the lord and wrestling with what the text means to me and um, it's been so so good. I actually preached today at Moody, and it, 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 even that one was an example of, had a really busy week last week, had to prepare this uh, this sermon, and um, was in the process of how how do I spend time in this text just letting it speak to me, while also at the same time spending time studying it to preach it and knowing that I've got to in some ways perform this text the next week to preach this text the next week. How do I spend adequate time falling in love with this text and letting the Lord speak to me through it? Yeah. And Moody's taught me really a lot about that of um, it's not going to get any easier in the future for, for yeah. our pastoral roles. But yeah. yeah, Moody Moody has been an amazing experience for preaching and for even learning how to preach
0: well. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's so much to say about like not losing like, the eyes, like, our, like, to lose ourselves and to, like, forget the local church, and then we just start to do theology or Bible in the classroom or um, just performing um, or just getting a good grade or technically preaching good sermons. Um, and I think that's kind of even, I think the heart of even some of what we're trying to do here is, like, unpacking some of these things um, after school and not but, but still wanting to step into churches and, and to serve churches well and to serve the people of God well and I mean, that goes right. Now, that transitions us into our next question so nicely too. Even just like, um, like what is it? What has it been like as you've gotten more opportunities to preach? I mean, because um, you've had those opportunities in high school to preach to your youth group, um, and now being at Moody. I mean, we preach so much in the classroom. Yeah. Um, but also, I know for both of us, we both um, one of the most formative things, at least for me, and probably for you, like um, is spending a whole year preaching at Pacific Garden Mission, which is, if you don't know, Chicago. Um, is one of the most. It's one of the the oldest um, homeless shelters in in Chicago, or I think even in America. Yeah, and um, we get to go in and to preach every single week um, for for a year, um, and just in a local church. Yeah, like talk a little bit about um, what that's been like.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and the context you're preaching in changes so much of of how you feel about your preaching. Um, I can, I can think of <laughs> when, when you had to preach. Twice a month for 200, 300 homeless guys who you half of them are asleep yes. um, or just on yelling, their phones, or... yelling, texting, like um, just absolutely. They've got to hear three sermons a day, so they're tired of it. Like I wouldn't right. want to listen to, to the college student coming up there and preaching me a sermon. But it really shapes, it really teaches you, one, to not be distracted while yes. you're preaching at what, Solomon and I had to learn that from Pacific Guard. Yeah. Mission. I'll just put that out there. I almost there. had a fight break out in front of me at <laughs> yeah. one, one point. <laughs> there are some authentic moments. Like, are people listening to these words? Yeah. Um, but for me, I'd say I love preaching in the classroom. It's really fun, really formative, great critique. But I, I don't love preaching anywhere more than I love preaching in the church. Yeah. And I haven't done that on a Sunday morning yet. I'm looking so forward to the day where that comes. Um but I've I've had a lot of experience to preach in youth groups and particularly at a few conferences that that I've been able to go on and wow. and trips to go on. Um, but every single time, that that it feels like the real deal, you know, where yeah. you're the the point of you preaching there is to bring a word of the Lord, is yeah. to bring the text and to to speak to the students who are coming to hear from God or even. Who have no relationship with God, and and you you want to see that change? You want to see God impact students through your preaching. Yeah. Those are the moments for me where preaching has meant the most to me because I've seen what it does. Yeah. Um, in the classroom, sometimes people don't hear your preaching because they're too busy hearing it. Yeah. They don't they don't hear. The word of the lord because they're too busy writing down the very technical things that you're doing in your sermon yeah. and that's not their fault that's what they're supposed to be doing right. um, and he works through the classroom as well but really those moments in the church i, I can just think of multiple instances where yeah. been able to preach on a trip or preach to a youth group and had students come up and speak to me after i could think of one instance in the pacific garden mission which which was also an amazing experience with preaching but yeah. where i preached a sermon and it's always tough to tell how things go. Guys always yeah. come up for prayer, but usually they hear so many sermons. So, yeah. um, you're just another guy. You're just another yeah. guy. Who can yeah. blame him for not listening? But yeah. a guy comes up and looks at me, and he says, I've heard a lot of sermons in this area, but I haven't heard any worth listening, and today I heard one worth listening to. Wow. And something like that, you just go like, you just do not know who's listening to your preaching yeah. and what preaching does for people in a way that is so beyond yourself. Wow. Um, what How preaching can actually impact people and God, God showing you his faithfulness through the preached word. Um, and I don't feel like there's anywhere else that, that happens more than, than the church. Um, yeah. So those are, that's kind of my, my own experiences with opportunities to preach. But what about you Saul?
0: Yeah. No, it's been, I mean, it's so crazy in, in when like you actually think about, I mean, I just remember when I first felt this call to to preach and to be to be a pastor. I just remember stepping up, like being so intimidated, um, like that, that. Like, I get to do that. Like that's yeah. crazy to me. Um, and just like feeling this weightiness. I mean, I, and I mean, it's like this combination of like, like being a preacher and being called to preach and be stepping into the pulpit. And maybe some guys more than others, but like this wrestle between pride and then like insufficiency Yeah, of like how, like, who am I to do this? But then also like when things go well, you'd be like, <laughs> wow. You want to grab it yeah, instantly. Like, yeah. I, I did that. It was me. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, it's, it's so humbling. Right. And I mean, uh, that's like so much of what we're wanting to do is like to grow in this and to want to do this as well. And, and to really, I think as preachers, I think for me, but, Mean you both, um, we wouldn't want to do this if it, was, if it was just about the art or just about, um, like, getting to step up and talk to people. But the actual, like, like a theolo- deep theological understanding of the pulpit um, and being like, God speaks through the preaching of God's word and, like, being told that from professors and, ch- and, ch- and, and pastors and just being like, okay, like, this calling that God has placed in my life isn't a light one like yeah. it's not one to be that I, I should just like that i should trifle with and just like take lightly um but that to really pray and ask god to help me as as we step up and to do these things and and kind of like you i've been so amazed and blown away at the the opportunities that god has given me i mean both of us have also had the the great privilege of being able to preach as student preacher at founders week where they choose one guy um and we've been able to, to have the opportunity to be able to do that. Um, and I used to remember afterwards preaching that sermon and this this awesome, it was so awesome, this um, old African-American lady st- like walks up to me afterwards. I was 21 years old. She asked me, she goes, how old are you? And I used to remember telling her that I was 21 years old and um, she was like, wow. There are certain things I look for in preaching and they were all there. Wow. And she's like, "You just keep preaching. You just keep preaching." And I just remember being so like undeserving of and like of that kind of compliment or recognition and but just seeing like the power that God has to um to use me. Um to be able to speak and that God actually speaks in when people preach. And so um yeah, I mean that's been awesome to to really grow um, in those ways, and I mean i can 't believe even that our conversation is already i mean we need to already conclude because we're we're in the end here, but yeah. <laughs> That's how how it's
1: going to be every week, <laughs> yeah, for real,
0: but um yeah, like we this podcast, like Jake and I are just two guys, we just want to learn, and we want to talk about preaching. We want to grow. We want to sharpen one another. Um, we want to have conversations with people who know preaching, who know how to preach, who have done it in the local church and our professors here at the Moody Bible Institute. Um, and so we're hoping um, that people will join us and we're, we're speaking probably most likely thinking we're speaking to people like us, guys who are students in seminary or Bible school who are wanting to be pastors and wanting to preach well. Or, But we're also wanting to, to reach pastors who um, who might be struggling in, in their local church and struggling to, to keep this vision for preaching and to feel like it's it matters and it's important. And Jake and I, we both know that even as young guys, that, that having confidence in the pulpit and putting in the work each week is so important because people need to hear from God. Um, and so we say that believing that, and this is why we care about this and why we want to do this. And so uh, we hope to do that well, Jake. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts.
1: Yeah, we're, we're excited just to even have conversations about preaching. Solomon and I can go on conversations with with preaching, and um, we're, we hope it's helpful. We hope it's helpful for every single Person who could listen to it, the the tired preacher, the energetic preacher who loves preaching and wants to just think more about it, yeah. the student who needs to learn more about it. Um, because the the biggest reason we hope it's helpful is because we as learners need help. We yes. we need the help to we recognize how hard preaching is. How I said this earlier, how holistic it is, how it can tear you down from every limb and in so many ways just be an exhausting process. Um, So Solomon and I want to grow as preachers, and we hope that you can grow as preachers with us through these conversations.
0: And that's why our podcast is called Preaching for the Long Haul, because we're two young guys who want to continue to shape our vision now to do a lifetime of preaching. And so we hope that this might be an encouragement to all those who Um, feel called or are in the task of preaching. Um, Yeah, we really believe that, that God wants to use you to grow the church. So thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Preaching for the Long Haul, a podcast where we hope to shape a vision for preaching for a lifetime.